What is up, internets? Welcome to Self-Defense from All Angles, episode six, season two. This week, we are chatting with Arthur Glad, aka the trans martial artist on TikTok. This again ran long, just like our last episode. So I'm going to be breaking this one up into two separate pieces. So in part one of my interview with Arthur, we talk about a lot of stuff. First off, Arthur's background, where he's been training, what he's doing, and how new it is to him to be on this martial arts path which I found very interesting. Next thing we talk about is people adjusting to pronouns and how I've had some trouble adjusting to people shifting pronouns or not using the pronouns or what I clocked them as and how that was an issue and how I'm trying to work on that sort of thing, which leads us into a conversation about being misgendered and how that happens and where it happens and why it happens and all this sort of stuff. A lot of this first part of the convo is just dipping our toes into the trans discussion when it comes to self-defense and self-protection. I really think this is a super important important topic that isn't getting a lot of attention. And as you know, self-defense from all angles is about talking to people who are not getting the regular press that people get in self-defense. It's about passing the mic and changing the message and updating people on what's going on. I had a fantastic time talking to Arthur. It was great because Arthur didn't know me ahead of time. I just met him on TikTok, reached out, was like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? Luckily, it worked out for everybody. Seriously, this is a great episode. If you are seeing more trans people or people in the LGBTQ community, this is a great episode because the demographics in martial arts and self-defense is changing. And I firmly believe that marginalized communities need more attention in the self-protection space. So if you don't have any background on that or maybe you don't know someone who's trans or in that community, this might be a good stepping stone to start asking questions and getting the info you're looking for. So enjoy part one and don't forget part two is coming out next week. What is up, internets? Welcome to Self-Defense from All Angles with me, Randy King. This week, we have on the show somebody I've wanted to talk to for quite a bit of time. We're in this interesting place now where my daughter got me on TikTok, and now I'm meeting all these cool people on TikTok, and I'm just excited for this this new group of humans that I never got to meet before. I've been doing this for a long time. You've been listening to the show. I've been doing this for 20 years. I've taught blah, blah, brag. TikTok is, I've met more people on TikTok in the last two years I've been on it than I have on Instagram, Facebook. Like it's insane the difference in echo chamber, right? Like how, like I'm meeting people who I never met who I'm like, oh, I should have, these are all so, such cool people. Speaking of cool people, today on the show, we have Arthur Glad. What is up, Arthur? Hey, I'm really excited to be here. I'm very happy decided to be on the show. And when people have seen the title of this already, so we're going to talk about some issues that we don't, I don't think are actually talked about on self-defense spaces at all. Oh, and in martial arts, especially, it's not very much talked about because it's so close to politics. Yes. And I think going into this, I think going into this, martial arts and self-defense is a, most of the people on one side of the political spectrum, right? It's a very different, I'm on the opposite side. I'm an enemy to so many people on this. It's crazy. But Arthur, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I am... 26 years old, turning 27 this November. I started my martial arts journey only two years ago. Oh. 
I know a very short amount of time, but I've always, oh, I grew up on Jackie Chan adventures, just a bunch of different martial arts, cultural things. This isn't martial arts related necessarily. We did have some martial arts conversations while I was there, but I taught English as a second language in China. Yeah, I had a lot of really cool, amazing opportunities as like a teenager. And I feel, and I've always worked with kids. I've worked with kids for about a decade now. I've always had this interest in teaching children. And uh, when I found martial arts, I found mental enrichment for myself. And I wanted to spread that to the kids. So I got involved in my local dojo and I started teaching. And I, one one of the things I really care a lot about is self-defense without a paywall, because there's that, there's always some sort of hill or bridge that you have to cross over to get there. And if you have at least the very basics, I feel like people get a lot better. They will end up a lot better than they would if they didn't have that. Absolutely. And I think that's that's always the balancing act when it comes to self-defense and martial arts. So I've been doing this full, this is my full-time job and it has been forever, ups and downs. <laughs> but it's that thing is what do you give away for free? Because there needs to be free stuff because not everybody's in the economic place to afford it. And I like to make the joke that you don't see a Krav Maga gym in the ghetto. It's too expensive. <laughs> there's no CrossFit. There's boxing, there's wrestling, but there's no, right? So no, yeah. Uh, there's people that are going to need it. And especially look purely self-defense. We're looking at disenfranchised. We're looking at marginalized. We're looking at people that violence is going to happen to. Exactly. And so we need to provide it. But also on the other side of the thing, if it's free, people don't care about it as much. Like I have a friend who's in law enforcement. He offers free law enforcement training. He's a 6'3 black belt in jujitsu, judo, and Aikido. He's mm-hmm. a SWAT sniper. He's I'm wearing his club shirt right now, actually. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> he, he, weirdly, he offers free trading. No, please take him up on it. So there's this weird balancing act of free, which you need to give out. But also if it's free, I'll do it later. Or maybe it's not worth anything. And then you also have to think about who is your demographic because yeah. like, police, they don't feel that need so much because they have so much police training as well. How <laughs> we like to say for, for the audio um, people, for the people listening, we just did air quotes for yeah. so much training, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, and but so the people I like to focus on, and actually, I really like to look at. I I get notifications still of people who follow me, and I'll go and I'll look on their page, yeah. and I'll see what they do. And usually, it's gender non-conforming people, right. um, sex workers, yeah. and generally cis women right. that I see, or people of color as well, right. and other martial artists, of course, because we like to support each other. But yeah. it, the, like it's those people that I want specifically to reach, like you said, the disenfranchised people that need it the most. Yeah. And I think, so I am the martial arts industry in its current state. I am white, straight, cis. I'm, that is most of it. And that's how it's been for a long time. And it's changing. This show is doing a big difference on that. I'm bringing on people from literally every single place I could bring on to pass the mic using yeah. my quote unquote privilege to be like, hey, you guys like me? Well, I like them. So shut up. Which is exactly what you should be doing. I think so. But you yeah. Know. The jury's out on everybody else. You so, know, no. <laughs> I well, guess, we don't think about those. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. On, on this topic then, like I always like to ask, what is your definition of self-defense? 
my definition of self-defense is anything you can do to put you space between you and your danger so that I feel like that encompasses those those pre things that you can do to keep yourself out of danger, which you like to talk about a lot. Yeah, that's um, all I talk about now. Yeah. <laughs> and then also as well as what can you do if you do get into an altercation, what can you do to get space in between you and your attacker to help you get help? Awesome. So distance management and creation of space is your major focus when you're teaching self-defense. Yes. That is awesome. So yeah. And I think the, so the reason why I teach the proactive stuff and it drives TikTok crazy because I look like me and blah, blah, blah. And I've taught SWAT teams in military and I've done all this stuff. I have all of the check marks of the international instructor you're supposed to have. I make the joke. We're a big D and D family here. Yeah, And uh, I have the base character build for martial arts instructor. Like I was You're a right. bouncer. And then I... The little classic background of, of exactly. martial arts yeah. instructor. Ex- exactly, exactly. Nailed it. So why it's interesting is the reason I talk about proactive skills, number one is everybody's talking about physical skills. Everybody. There's so many channels. And I've worked with a lot of disenfranchised people. This is where my view changed. I didn't wake up one day and be like, oh, all this makes sense. And my world is different because I'm so aware I had to learn through hundreds of thousands of mistakes of teaching incorrectly to people and like looking at the worldview in a different way. This is a, I've learned, I got this the hard way. So hopefully people get a little bit simpler. Yeah. The proactive skills in purely self-defense seem to be the best ones for stopping potential physical threats. That's just it. And a lot of those proactive skills will teach you what you're looking for, which a lot of people, they never think about. They're just thinking, okay, if this happens, what do I do? And that is such a pipeline way of thinking. Mm -hmm. You can't, you need to have a good array of skills or a good array of knowledge to be able to help yourself out of a number of situations. No situation is going to be that perfect cut and dry idea that everyone's teaching nailed it arthur i totally i we will obviously we agree here so not a lot of fun and agreements on podcasts we'll get <laughs> i know the echo way, here it is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh no under, and i think that it's really important to point out that it's okay to learn all the cool physical skill sets but if you're teaching self-defense that distance management those awareness skills are going to be there and those all exist in arts what art do you take i I primarily learn, I'm still learning because we're always learning. Um, I'm learning Shaolin Kenpo. We're actually the only Shaolin Kenpo studio in the Texas area. The closest one that we have is in Nevada. Right. Okay. Interesting. So primarily our form is taught in like the Bay area of California. You, it's actually really funny. I rewatched the karate kid movies in the karate kid show. Yeah. There's a lot of Shaolin Kenpo in there. Makes sense. Especially where, for where Cobra Kai is concerned, because it can be considered a pretty brutal <laughs> form of martial art, but yeah, it's like, it's one of those um, ones where I know you aren't a huge fan of like bar fight <laughs> forms, but it does focus on like street and bar fighting and things like that. But right. it it has you focus a lot on like making sure you're aware of your surroundings, yeah, how quickly you can strike and what like accuracy and targets, yeah. as well as getting that space in between you and that person. But I think so. Who I am on TikTok is definitely not who I am in real life. Uh, I was a bouncer for a long time. So right, right. I think the bar fight is very avoidable. Right. 
But there's nothing wrong with learning that stuff either. My friend, we used to, back in my drinking days when I had roommates and I wasn't married with kids, kid uh, one, my friend used to make fun of Karate Kid. He said that Miyagi-Do was just punching somebody right in the junk, pretty much. I'm like, well, it's so Krav Maga, it makes sense. But no, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And I think there's something wrong with learning that stuff. My issue with it is when you say this is self-defense and this is all you need. Yes. That's where my, so I don't yeah. learn how to bar fight, become the mixed martial arts champion in the world, but don't tell a 65 pound child that your BJJ is going to stop a 300 pound attacker like that. That's no. what I'm saying. I will say that one of our forms like blind spots is yep. floor work. We, okay, we fair, fair enough. never do that. We do takedowns, but we don't do like floor work. And I think this is a fun conversation. Let's keep going with this. Right. I, th- I think that the reason it's not there is that when these systems were developed, going to the ground just meant you were dead. You got stomped on. If it's a battlefield art, horses were going over you or you're getting spears in your belly. So if you put somebody on the ground, you didn't follow them to the ground. Right. This new view of ground fighting, floor fighting, BJJ kind of stuff very much comes from a consensual social dominance based violence, not a weapon based, not whatever. Yes, I agree. My form actually is fairly young in comparison to other forms. It's not a traditional art form of of any kind. It's definitely has influences in Chinese martial arts, Japanese martial arts, just a lot of it's really popular in Europe as well. But it was created in Hawaii in the 1950s. It, so it sounds like nothing sounds more traditional to me than Shaolin Tenpo. I know. Right? It sounds like it, you got it from an ancient scroll. <laughs> right. It's not at all, oh, though. Okay. Good it to know. like tricks you so much. But yeah, <laughs> it's one of those like really weird, like peek out from the, hey, hello, <laughs> like hiding. We have not had any good experiences in like traditional <laughs> tournaments or anything like that. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's move on. Let's just break the ice with this. What is your TikTok handle? My TikTok handle is the trans martial artist. Yes. I, it's the, I believe it's the same on, oh, actually, you know what? I have a list. There we go. TikTok we'll do that. Is- we'll do that at the end of the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But the reason why I bring it up is because that's the major reason I wanted the conversation with you is right. your experience as a trans person in the martial arts space. Right. right? Yes. Because like all of us are trying to learn and grow. The world is the world's not changing, but the awareness of what's happening in the world is changing and becoming oh, more yeah. mainstream in, in the knowledge there's and especially with the saturation of knowledge. Yes. Is well, that's a good point. It, it it makes misinformation a little bit easier to get out there. Mm-hmm. So it it makes it a little harder for normal trans people to just exist. Right. Yeah. And I think that's such a good way to phrase it is the saturation information because we're getting information processed at such a high speed right now that human brains definitely can't handle. And we're not right. doing great with it, in my opinion. Uh, and I think I want to start this off with my first experience training with Uh, somebody in the non-binary trans space. So we did a seminar in a city called Vancouver here in Canada because I'm Canadian. I'm not from the US. I know everybody thinks I am because I don't say a boot, Chesterfield, my head doesn't do the (laughs) South Park But I remember, and I would like to say, I I would like to believe that I'm again more on the lefter side of the political spectrum. I'm all about everybody getting whatever they need. And I remember the first time I was working with people, we were working at a group and they were all, it was a very gender fluid group. And I kept using the wrong pronouns. 
it was like five or six years ago and it wasn't out of malice. Oh yeah. It, it was just, I had spoken for 36 years in one way. And then I was asked to switch it. I wasn't aware before I got there that there's people that had different pronouns. Right. So I'm trying to run a seminar. So I'm already in my head doing 80 things that I do for getting to do this change. And I apologized a million times and I kept getting it wrong. And then I got yelled at, which I should have because figure it out, dude. But I think this is one of the issues in the space right now to me is people are so scared of or so resistant to change in it that they might not be doing this out of malice, but they're doing it out of habit. What are your thoughts on that? Let's just start with the pronoun section in martial arts. I to just to make you feel better, oh. I, a trans person, yes, have misgendered our students, right? Okay, that's fair, <laughs> and with gender non conforming students, too, right? So There is a little bit of like grace that you have to have, the patience you have to have just to be trans. Right. And and every once in a while, you run out of that grace and you run out of that patience. Everyone does. We're all human. And I definitely have a, I've worked with kids for 10 years, so I have a lot of patience. (laughs) So I am, I even now two years, uh, a year and a half since I have come out and announced to the classes like, hey, I am like gender nonconforming. These are my pronouns. Mm -hmm. I'd appreciate it if you called me sir, things like that. I still get misgendered. And this is like over a year later, at least. Even and I now, because you, you have facial hair and stuff now. So yes, even- and I. So I was just about to say oh, I've been on uh, testosterone since 2021. Yeah, and I'm getting a little mustache. I'm very proud of it. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, even parents will still call me she/her. Sometimes one of the students will like they'll call me ma'am, and everyone turns around at this point. It's just, are you sure that's the that's what you want to say? Yeah. <laughs> but usually that I, I usually don't even have to say anything anymore. If it's a parent, I'll just let it happen. Yeah. I won't usually correct because I don't want to, because especially in Texas, that's where I'm from. Huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was born and raised in Texas as well. So super fun for me. Sure. But like we, and we have had a little bit of an issue with some parents, my being trans. So I usually, I'll just not even correct. I have announced in front of the students and parents that I am, I have come out of trans. So they do know. And my, and our pronouns are on our website, right. um, talking about our title as well. I go by coach and the owner of the school goes by instructor. There, It's not gendered whatsoever. Most of the time, it, there's really not a problem. People just call me Coach Arthur. Right. And usually if there's someone who comes in and they don't necessarily realize that I was trans, mm-hmm. I would just say, yeah, no, my, here are my pronouns, this is my name. An interesting story, my very first tournament I went to, I was sitting down and tournaments are amazing because you can meet so many different people, especially in the martial arts world, because that's where it all exists. So I was sitting down and this woman, she was about 60 and I was talking to her and having a really great conversation. And so she asked me my name and I tell her Arthur. And then she goes, wow, that's so weird that your parents would name their daughter Arthur. And I was like, (laughs) I'm trans. 
Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> so I am not a girl. Hello. Right. <laughs> I usually just don't try to get upset uh, when there's things like that. If it's usually the first or second time, I'll correct. And then afterwards, I'll let everyone else around me take over if right. they if I do have those people. So and if not, I, I'll just live with it. You set your boundary a couple of times. And then after that, you let the halo effect of boundary setting take over. Yeah, essentially, right? yeah. That, that makes a ton of sense. So there's, you said so many things in there. I have so many questions. And like I said, there's nothing planned here. So I've written down, a, every time I'm not looking at you, I'm writing something down that I want to talk <laughs> about. And I was saying this earlier, so I've been talking about this with like my Patreon people and et cetera. And for me, it's easy because I've only known you as he, him, Arthur. Exactly. So zero issues for me to have any problems. I talk to you, go talk to any dude ever. Yeah, are you fine? So obviously the, the glitch is coming, people from your past, not newer people. I understand that some people are probably like, yeah, they're whatever, making a stand or whatever. Right. How, and also I really want to point this out because for most, some of my listeners, you might be the first trans person I've ever heard that isn't in a news article, right? So you are not a monolith. You don't speak for the entire community. Oh, absolutely. Only yeah. giving your experiences. And I just want to really point that out that you can't be like, but Arthur said, Arthur is one person, right? Yes. Not a monolith. And I'm not a very well-known trans person either. So definitely don't go citing me as a source. Exactly. But I think this conversation is important to have. So when you, so you're having, not having trouble, but you the switch is obviously the 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 kids that are calling you ma'am sometimes. These right. are kids that trained you before because you've been going through this transition as you've been teaching these classes. You said you came out around two years ago. I yes, actually, I came out as non-binary two years ago. Right. And then six months after that, yeah. I came out as transmasculine non-binary, okay. which is where I started taking my more masculine leaning side. Yes. And that's when I started to transition yeah. medically and things like that. Right. Yeah. It was a little bit of an issue at first because we didn't have the non-gendered titles. There was so, no language surrounding it. Yes. At, at, at the very beginning of when I was teaching, they were calling me Miss Arthur. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I was like, Let, we need something else. This isn't going to work. Right. <laughs> so I it, it took actually a little bit of, of time for us to figure out what exactly we wanted to say, because my teacher uh, didn't have her traditional title yet okay when you get to third degree black belt you get your c your sifu title yeah. and she's a second degree okay and her teacher gave her permission to open her school a little early okay so we had a little bit of issue with that so she was having people call her miss cat and then my husband also teaches with us so right. he was mr jeff things like that so yeah. i i started getting misgendered a lot and I was like mm. this is horrible this feels so bad let's figure this out so it actually took a few weeks of us to talk like talking back and forth like throwing around a few ideas and I I had actually even went on the internet on reddit I believe sure and I, I asked hey what titles do you go by and right what non-gender titles can we use that aren't associated to something specific? We can't use Chinese or Japanese honorifics 
because those some of those are used in our form. Right. So we can't use anything ahead of time. So right. we're like, okay, let's figure out what we can do. So at first, my teacher was not really super into being called instructor because we teach three and a half up. Okay. So she was thinking instructor might be a little bit of a mouthful for them, but honestly. No, they're fine. It's fine. I, and it took a little bit of a dry run to get her convinced enough. And then after that, it just stuck like glue. Yeah. So it was easy. I think, and I, this is going to be like a theme probably through the rest of the questions, but I think the, one of the big pushbacks on this is, what are we supposed to tell? The right. kids are going to adapt 8,000 times faster than you are. Like, yes. uh, it's it's insane. What do we tell the kids? Number one, you have to actually talk to your children. I know that's hard. But right. you have to say things to them and teach them as a parent. It's weird. Yeah. And it's crazy. I know we're speaking. We're going to get canceled. I'm going to get canceled for this. Um, <laughs> and then, and then and the second thing is they're just like, that's actually where I want to go with next. So with the kids, because you said the kids gave you the thick skin. Because right. kids ask questions from such a purely non-judgmental place. But because we have fully formed emotions, it doesn't feel that way to us. So oh my God, do I have a story for you? On okay. This, okay? Well, but, but let's get to it. But let me just keep prefacing a little Go bit. Go ahead. Which is like, so for example, like my weight, it was up and down. And then a kid will come up and goes, oh, you're fatter than last time. I'm like, oh, it hurts so bad. But they yes. didn't mean it to be hurtful. They're like, right. this is an observation. I don't know how this planet works yet. Could you answer my question? So right. Tell me a story on this. Exactly. So this is one of those things where I'm like, I never want to curb a child's curiosity. I usually, I'll try and take that question at face value yeah. and I'll answer it with as much like face value as I can give them back. Yeah. But I was working in a preschool. This was before I came out. Okay. And I am working in this school and I have my co-teacher going on. We're have we're playing a game. One of the kids looks up at me and says, Why does it look like you have a baby in your belly? Oof. <laughs> I know. I know. And so I just pause for a second and I like this is my process. I get something like that, it hits me in the face, and yeah. I'm like, okay absorb but absorb. as i'm absorbing it my co-teacher who has had children is yeah. already pulling out her phone she's uh-uh i'm gonna show you what it looks like but so once that happened and she showed him the pictures of her with a baby in her belly i was just like i'm i just have a little bit of extra weight that yeah. other people don't have yeah. and tacos I exist and they're delicious I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I can't live without three musketeers bar. You can't ask me not to. That's illegal. Right. All right. Freedom. That's what America is all about. Woo! <laughs> but we have life talks in our right. dojo. And one of our life talks is tolerance. Perfect time. Wow. So I bring up the LGBTQ community and what i and i was like i am trans and they're like yeah they're like yes you are trans we know that but what is it so and i that's just fair. Say, exactly because they're young they don't have a full grasp on them. the world in general as you said but just on people who might be different to them right exactly like a kid might have that same weird question about another culture of course Exactly. And it would make sense because I, they've never been exposed to it before. Mm -hmm. So I just say to them as at face value, without giving any details, no one needs them. Yeah. 
that person just didn't feel like they were what everyone else said they were. Right. And so they decided to try to present themselves a different way. Right. And they felt better that way. And that's it. And they need some kind of model to form an opinion on, right? Like you need a base. And I right. think that's a great way to put it. And from what I've seen, especially the young Gen Z, my daughter's Gen Z, like the Gen- she has every single one of the flags memorized in the LGBTQ2 plus spectrum. She has all, she knows each flag and she'll grill me. What's this? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't, I don't even know what, I can't even name country's flags. I don't know. But that's just how they, how she is. But because of the information, because these things are changing, if we have these conversations with the kids, what are we going to tell the kids? You tell them the truth. This right. is what's going on. And I think it's insane that people think if you educate people on something, they're going to become that thing. That is the thing that is making just existing so hard right now. Interesting. Especially in Southern states, or especially where the United States is concerned, because yeah. this is primarily where this is happening. I agree. This is that's the center point of almost all of this. Exactly. And especially in those st- Southern states where all of this legislation is happening, where they believe if you just mention the definition of what it could be, it's going to turn kids trans or gay or whatever. Right. It's it just going out and being a person who is clockable. That's what we call it clockable, or they are very obviously a trans person. Yeah. It becomes then a political issue. You just going outside your door. Right. Because as soon as you walk into a grocery store, kids go there or, and especially as teachers, yeah. trans teachers just existing in a classroom. Yeah, It's a political affair because you are existing, just existing in front of children. Which, yeah, that when, so when you mentioned you work with kids, that was something I wanted to touch on a little bit. And I think, and again, from a guy who's totally outside the perspective, so right. heck, bump the record of him being an idiot here. But I really do think that a lot, just, and you don't mind talking about these issues. That's why we had the conversation before. But not every trans person wants to be an advocate. Not every trans person wants to have their existence politicized. Not everybody wants to fight that battle. They just want to go get their paycheck and go home. Exactly. So right. it's such a hard thing. So when it comes to questions and why we said the model of thing is you can handle questions a little bit, right? Like you said. Right. Some people just don't, they don't want to deal with it. They're just like, this is who I am. I'm an introverted human who doesn't want to, I'm not, it's not my job to educate you on what I'm doing. And right. I think that's where a lot of, that's where a lot of disconnect comes with people is they ask the wrong person and they don't give the same courtesy that they would give to somebody in a group that they know. So right. if you had a friend, a person of color friend, I have a couple of friends that are of color. One of them, I can ask every issue. They love talking about it. One's don't make me my skin color. I don't want to right. talk about that. Yes, that affordance I give, but the entitlement of you're different than me, so you have to answer my questions is right. so insane when the internet exists and there's people talking about this all of the time. I know it's insane. Like you can actually go out and find that person yeah. who wants to educate you. Exactly. Rather than harassing someone who does not have the spoons or the energy or the patience. Yeah. 
to go through what to them could sound like stupid questions. Right. And I don't believe that all questions are stupid. I feel like there there can be questions that sound stupid. Of course. Questions that make you feel stupid asking them, but I don't believe that they're stupid in and of themselves. If they're genuine questions, they're not somebody trying to get you. They're not somebody trying to gain a platform. Exactly. Generally trying to learn. Exactly. So uh, that's how I approach questions. And that is how I learned because I've been working with kids for so long because I've had that for so long. I've had training. (laughs) So other people, a a lot of people, especially these days, don't even want to have kids. Yeah. A lot of people feel like they're entitled to their kids free spaces. So they don't have the, that kind of same patience very obviously. And they don't have the interest in developing that patience either, Mm -hmm. which I think is fair, especially if you are a marginalized person, a person of color, a trans person, uh, a female, any one of those things. And especially if you're a combination. Yes. Holy mackerel. I can't even imagine the difficulty, but it's like you, you have to, it, if you're going to ask these questions, you should, especially if you're an adult, you should try and think about how you're going to ask that question. Yeah. And then you should think about really hard who you're going to ask. Mm-hmm. And then after that, if you've asked that question and that person's answered that question and they put in that emotional labor, support them how you can. Interesting. Because a lot of those people, they will do it without pay or anything like that. And especially people of color, especially people who are monetarily marginalized, they need that support. And if they're going, they're willing enough out of all of that marginalization to give you that knowledge and support, you should give something back as well. Yeah, I agree. And there's lots of free resources out there. So what I'm hearing, which is a crazy statement to me, is that just being trans is not everything that person is. They're fully formed people with emotions and differences. That's insane how that works. I don't know if we can post this. I don't know if we can post this knowledge. This is too crazy of a conversation. Why don't you do that promo train you were going to do earlier now? Where can people find you? Okay. So I have a TikTok and Instagram and a Twitter. And so my TikTok is at the trans martial artist. Instagram is the same at the trans martial artist and my Twitter is at martial trans. The website is www.immortaltiger.com. And that's your club. That is our dojo. And I give private lessons through that. If so you're in the Texas to, area and you want to take yep. some lessons from somebody that's not just going to wear camo pants and give you their life lessons, feel free to go train with Arthur. As for me, as normal, we got stuff going on. I have an online seminar happening Saturday. You do not have to attend it live. It's only $45 Canadian. That's nothing. We're talking about predator selection. So that's coming out. Uh, New book is coming out really soon. July 1st, ideally, Timeline of Self-Defense by yours truly comes out. A total look at every part of self-defense minus the physical part. Other than that, I have nothing to promote. Please share this show. Please tell people about it. I really think... Obviously, I think it's important I wouldn't do it, so I'm a little biased. But like these conversations need to be had in this space. This space is very dominated by one 
worldview. And it's not, this is opening up every day. More people of color, trans people, LGBTQ people are coming to this space. And if you are not ready for those conversations, you're going to be left behind. This is what's going on. So have these conversations. Love me, hate me. I don't care. Follow every comment you put on here, whether you love me or hate me, helps the algorithm. Anyways, don't forget to follow us at Defense Talks with Dad on TikTok and just go to my website, randykinglive.com for everything that I do. Thank you so much, Arthur and everyone. Thank you for listening to the show. And don't forget to join us over on patreon.com slash randykinglive for Arthur's one-up story. <laughs>